You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, fans, listeners in the city of Houston and surrounding areas, and whether you're in L.A., uh, Cody, we've been around the world lately, yeah. Canada, Canada, Australia. Yeah, both of us have been to Australia. Yeah, <laughs> the whole nine, man. This is Locked On Texans Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your guy, John, some sports guy, and always to the right of me. Cody, who that nation, Davis, baby. That's going to be my name all this week. Here it goes. Yeah, now, you can definitely find this show, uh, the Locked On Texans Podcast, for your daily Texans talk on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Megaphone, Stitcher, Spotify, and check us out on you can argue that sports.com, the one-stop shop that was created by Cody and I. Uh, for the listeners and cities of Houston fans that just love sports, right? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Houston Texans talk, of course. That is why we are here. And uh, as you know, Blockbuster trade, we got Laramie Tunsil in the trade. We also got Kenny Steele's in the trade, who... I am super high on for this team and his role uh, outside of what he can possibly bring to the team outside. I'm not going to talk about that, but strictly on the field, I think he'll be able to do some damage in this offense. And we also uh, traded Martinez Ranking, who we drafted a couple years back. Never really saw his full potential here in Houston. Uh, He was on his way out. We were going to release him, but we were able to flip him for Carlos Hyde, uh, who is a back that has... You know, in his two good, healthy seasons, he's been able to account for over a 1,000 yards. He has been dealing with injuries the last couple of years. Of course, everybody knows how many times he's been traded and, and the whole nine. But we were able to flip him, able to get a boost in our backfield uh, to go along with Taiwan Jones and Buddy Howell. And, you know, we talked about a little bit how there were so many mixed emotions on Saturday, Cody. Uh, one minute the trade for Jadavian happened, and everybody just said, you know what? The season is shot to hell. We're going 3-13, 4-12. U.S. 6-10. I went as low as 5-11. and 11. Uh, But we did get some key tributions um, to the team. And I'm definitely more excited about Kenny Stills, of course. I think his dynamic will be amazing. I think he will come right in into this offense fit super well, uh, but let's not sleep on Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde, I mean, you're talking about a guy, look, ladies and gentlemen, I know he is not a guy who can get us over the hump. And of course, once LaShawn McCoy got released from the Buffalo Bills, a lot of people wanted to see the Texans pick him up in free agency. But I do like to pick up for Carlos Hyde due to the fact that you have him and Duke Johnson. Both of those guys together, I feel like can help pick up the slack that is left behind due to the injury of Lamar Miller. Yes, I know this not the ideal guy. Once again, Carlos Hyde is a guy who's going to help out the Texans in the backfield. Tremendously, I think if he's able to stay healthy. Um, and here's the thing. We can't really be mad about bringing him in because, guys, we let him go. When we brought him in for a guy, we were literally saying, hey, we are releasing him. Yeah, we was about to release this guy. So we got, we flipped him for basically nothing. The same thing what the Seahawks did with us. <laughs> we did um, 
with Kansas City. I definitely like Carlos Hyde, and I, hopefully he will be able to bounce back from his injury-prone seasons in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because when he's on the field, when he when he can play, the guy can ball. Now, on the other side, not necessarily on the other side of the ball, but on the other set of skill position players, Kenny Stills, Cody, I am so high on this guy. Yeah, you I'm know, high on Kenny I, you know, I was happy that the Texans were able to get a guy like Kenny Stills because, John, you know me for the longest. The wide receiver position is was the one position that I kept saying, why do we need another player? We have Will Fuller. We have DeAndre Carter. You know, we we, we have Kiki Kuti. You know, those were three guys I was extremely high on. But at the end of the day, all three of those, well, Two of those three guys, you know, they're coming back from injuries, especially for Will Fuller. The reason why I love Kenny Steele, and it's probably due to the fact that I'm starting to understand what Bill O'Brien was talking about. When you look at Will Fuller, he's coming off an ACL injury. You don't want to put him on the field and expect too much for him Mm -hmm. starting week one in the dome against the New Orleans Saints. You know, with, with Kenny Steele, that allows... Will Fuller to get back to the player he was prior to injuries. And at the end of the day, you look at DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, and Will Fuller. If those three guys can stay healthy at least around week eight, week nine of the NFL the offense, season. The offense can be. And you that's, know what? Oh, the, man. The, 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 the bright spot about it all, Cody, is listeners at home is just the fact that we know how well. Hopkins helps out the entire offense. Mm-hmm. And then we also know that in one year, in 11 catches, Will Fuller had seven touchdowns. So we know how much pressure he brings to the defense. And last year, he was on, he was on pace to have a career year. On pace to have a career year before the injury. So you add Kenny Stills into that mix, who the guy that's been proven in this league. Now that helps out how many groups? It helps out the tight end group. It helps out the, the the other receivers that come in whenever we need four receivers on the field. Uh, when we go doubles, when we go do doubles, it helps out the, the, the running back groups whenever we want to bring them in from the from the backfield. It helps out so many different areas of this offense. And more importantly, here's a number for you guys. This is his numbers in the last six years. I'm gonna just name them off. Started from 2013, 16, 15, 16, 16, 16. 15. Those are all games played. Something that the Houston Texans definitely need. And the more catches you give them, let's see. In 2013, he only got 32 catches, 641 yards, average 20 yards per catch. Big. That's two first downs. And of course, that's not always ideally going to happen. But he can make something happen when he gets the ball. You give him more catches. You give him 63 catches. He gives you almost 1,000 yards. He's at 931. Three touchdowns. And also, since he's came in the league, 32 touchdowns. So he has a nose for the end zone in his role. Man, listen, I'm high on this trade. For Kenny Steele to come here, he's going to get a new atmosphere. He didn't like what really was going on in Miami. Well, Miami is tanking. Who, yeah, who Miami, wants to be part of a tanking Miami culture? Miami is the Miami 76ers right now, but <laughs> it, it was a bad situation. I also believe he's he was already good. He was good in New Orleans, good in Miami. Now he's going to get another chain in the scenery. He's going to play for a team that now has some expectations, some Super Bowl expectations now, especially with how they retool with getting the tonsil trade and other guys in. And it helps out 
Hopkins to not have to always go and get it and do it all hmm. because he now has a reliable number two. And then when you put full in that mix, whew. When when you look past the deal that happened between Jadavion Clowney and the Seattle Seahawks, I really do believe the Texans have put themselves in a situation yeah, where the they picture. can at least get to the AFC Championship back game in now. The picture, even with this tough, tough schedule, which I can't wait to talk about later on. We go, you know who I know, you know Cody, who mm-hmm. kick it off against to start the season on Monday Night Football. Ooh, I'm gonna give me a nice turkey burger that night. I tell you oh, that. Oh, there you go with these turkey um, burgers. But we do have a guest on today's show. Can't wait to dive into that, and I definitely can't wait to dive into telling you guys about who my bookie. Who is my bookie? Well, let me tell you something. First and foremost, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Cody, what you doing? I'm going to pick it up. Of course you keep the money. Nine times out of nine times, because at 10 times, I ain't even going to see that $100 on the street. Somebody else picked it up. <laughs> so why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? You know how it is. I bet he wins, but you should have bet money on that. That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast. It's easy. They pay when you win. Let's face it. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Enter Promo Code to activate the offer. Again, that is promo code Enter Promo Code. Visit mybookie.ag today. Again, that is mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, and to my left, John, some sports guy, Hickman. And today we have joining us from Locked On Saints, the one and only Rob Jackson. Mr. Jackson, how you doing today? Um, and I'm doing great, yo. Glad to be here with y'all. Really looking forward to this matchup, man. Ready to get started with week one of the NFL season. It's all, it's finally here. I know, I know, man. Um, John, you know you in here by yourself today, right? Yeah, I know. You, you know that, right? Yeah, I know. You know that, right? I, I, just, <laughs> I, I just, Rob, I, I just need him and for the listeners to know I am a Saints fan. I'm from New Orleans. I bleed black and gold. And... You know, so so let's just get started with the interview, man. Um, first up, what is going on down in New Orleans? Um, last year we ended, and I'm saying we because I am a fan first. <laughs> we ended the season on a tragic way, the most tragic, heartbreaking loss you can ever imagine. An interception? No, I'm not talking about an interception. Uh, yeah, interception that should never even happen if it right. wasn't for a non-call. So, Mr. Jackson, what is going on? How are the Saints trying to recover from that? Because I truly believe that this is that loss last season was uh, a loss that might either add more fuel to the fire or it might just make this whole core, um, especially with this being the tail end of Drew Brees' career, it might just make the end of this core just fall apart. How, how did moving forward past that? Yeah, I mean, the big part of all this right now is that for them, the biggest concern is just moving forward and just getting past it. You saw them sort of side with the NFL, with the um, with the the fan lawsuit 
that was set to go to court about, you know, trying to sue and get their money back and get season ticket money back and stuff like that. You saw them actually stand over on the NFL side of that, not to be, you know, dismissive of their fan base, but simply saying, look, the better choice here is just to move past it. So that's what we're going to do. And I think that that's been a huge part of what's worked so far for them is just saying, you know what, this happened in Minneapolis two years ago. This happened at home when it came to the uh, taking on the Los Angeles Rams a year ago. That's a year ago. That's two years ago. Everything now is about moving forward. And that's one of the reasons why they've made some great changes with this team so far. And they've been, a, you know, in terms of being able to sort of uh, focus down their uh, their attention span and tend to saying, we're not going to be worried about that. We're worried about getting this, this championship real quick. That's what they're sort of focused on at this point. And um, I know you mentioned moving forward um, when the training camps opened up. You, you had a guy in, in New Orleans by the name of Michael Thomas. Um, to me, he's the second best receiver in the league. Um, I'm sorry to say that the Texans have the first. But um, you had a guy in the league who was actually holding out. The holdout lasted, what, 48 hours at most. And you ended up re-signing him to the biggest contract that a wide receiver has ever signed. So can you just um, explain to our listeners um, – how important it was for Michael Thomas to not only come back, but important for him to elevate and live up to that contract extension that he has. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that was really exciting about after he signed the contract was him being asked about it and him saying, yes, I got paid all this money, now I have to go out there and play like it. And so even he created the expectation for himself that he has to be able to do that, right? That he can't just make the money and then go out there and not perform. And so that's that's a huge, huge positive uh, toward what it is that he's done, what it is that he's bringing into this year. Yeah, I agree with you that he's probably top two in terms of uh, the top receivers in the league because DeAndre Hopkins is without a doubt to me the best receiver in the league and that's one of the things I'm really excited about with this matchup is to get to see uh, these guys get matched up now don't get me wrong um, you know Marshawn Lattimore is going to have his hands full uh, trying to keep uh, try to keep DeAndre Hopkins or whoever it is that's going to be covering him Marshawn doesn't do a lot of shadowing uh, Eli does a lot of the shadowing but I think he's going to be shadowed over on Will Fuller for the most part but, uh, you know, we'll see how it is that that secondary matchup works with DeAndre Hopkins. And then on the other side, how the secondary matchup for the Texans works for trying to limit Michael Thomas's effectiveness throughout the game. Yeah, and I'm looking at the Houston Texans, and I'm sure you know we have had a, a laundry list of issues uh, down here in Houston. Uh, the biggest may be the lack of what we got back in our trade for Jadavion Clowney. So, you know, that'll mm-hmm. affect our run defense, and I'm looking at – the New Orleans Saints, who lost Ingram, lost Mark Ingram, who I believe was a huge part of that offense for the last few years, and he does so much in the, out of the backfield, running in between the tackles. How are you guys ready to bounce back and go with Latavius Murray uh, as the backup? And now it looks like Alvin Kamara will have more of a workload than he did before. Yeah, you know, Coach Payton mentioned that there's no real intent of giving Alvin Kamara more of a workload, but I just simply don't believe that. <laughs> you know, I, I just simply don't believe that. I think, you know, you, you have an opportunity now to really give Alvin Kamara more of a workload and then get him started, get him under a better rhythm. We saw him really perform well during the first four games last season when Mark Ingram was, was suspended and he was outstanding over the course of those first four games. So it makes sense to give him a little bit more of a lead role, but they've got something really great in Latavius Murray and Mark Ingram brought a lot to this team 
team in terms of culture, in terms of, you know, uh, fun and, and, and everything like that, you know, personality. But in terms of what he brought to the field, he and Latavius Murray, statistically not that much different. Latavius Murray last year playing in a DiFilippo system that didn't know how to use him now comes to New Orleans playing a Sean Payton system that will absolutely know how to use him. He's six foot three, 220. They're lining him up in the slot sometimes during training camp. So they're really finding different ways to use him, much like they've used Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram over the over the course of their time together. So it's going to be exciting to see how it is that they work out. Now, I know the Texans, in, in accordance to at least uh, football outsiders and their DVOA statistics, showed that the Texans were number three last year in defending passes to uh, defending um, running backs in the passing game. So I'll be curious to see if they're able to extend that with these there's a lot of new chemistry over on the both sides of the ball now with all these moves that the Texans have made. So I'm, ex- I'm interested to see if they're going to be able to extend that into week one of the NFL season or if it's going to take some time to build that communication back up. Definitely a lot of new faces and new places, uh, one of which is Kiko Alonso. You guys got him in the Miami trade. Uh, what is this role going to be like for the uh, New Orleans Saints this year? Um, assuming that all three of the starting linebackers, Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, and AJ Klein, are uh, are healthy, he's essentially your upgraded veteran number four linebacker. That's that's pretty much his role. He's somebody that can come in and substitute if need be. It can also play a reserve role uh, without much of a drop off. If you lose, you know, particularly Anzalone or AJ Klein, you're going to have a drop off no matter what if you you miss out on some time with Demario Davis. But Kiko Alonso comes in as a really, really quality veteran, experienced depth player for us. Hey, Rob, I got to ask you this question, man. And yes, I'm speaking because I'm a fan, John. <laughs> what do you think you're, we're going to see out of Drew Brees this season? We know he's getting towards the tail end of his career, as I alluded to earlier in the show. He's coming off two seasons where he could have won that second championship, the one that he's been dying for the most, probably more than the first one. So he's getting up there in the age. What do you see in Drew Brees in 2019? Um, I'm looking for him to probably be around that 4,000 yard mark. I don't see him ex- uh, extending past 5,000 unless something terrible would have happened to Alvin Kamara. Uh, probably around the same touchdown ratio or touchdown total that he, he had last year in that early 30 mark. Uh, and then I'm looking for him to just continue to be uh, con- uh, uh, protective of the ball. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. got, what, four of the five completion percentage records in terms of single season completion percentages. And now he's got Jared Cook as a target that gets added to that, who's a short excuse me, he was a shorthanded guy. Um, I think that he continues that part of his game in terms of just being a guy that can protect the ball, uh, that can move the ball down the field and continue to general the offense. But uh, I don't I don't see him blowing, you know, the doors off in terms of numbers, but certainly having another efficient season. Yeah, speaking of Drew Brees, we know how great he is, but the entire league was put on notice a couple years ago when the Houston Texans drafted up, traded up to draft Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to look at the showdown for the first Monday night game to kick off the year between New Orleans and Houston. Uh, the progression of Deshaun Watson versus the veteran leadership and just uh, always being good, Drew Brees. How do you think this showdown would turn out? And honestly, I want to know if you have a, a prediction for the game or not. Yeah, um, I, well, I'll start with the, the the showdown between the two positions, and I actually have a question with for for y'all uh, as well. But when it comes to Drew Brees versus Deshaun Watson and what that showdown is, man, I think that that's just one of the many many exciting showdowns that we're going to get to see throughout this year. There's a lot, particularly on the Saints' schedule, to where people will get to the opportunity to see Drew Brees versus 
young new talent, right? And don't get me wrong, Deshaun Watson's not new, but he's certainly he's certainly young, uh, and he's certainly very exciting, and he's one of the top talents in the NFL right now. And so to be able to see these guys, these two guys match up, who have completely different styles, who run completely different offenses, and play in two completely different systems, is just a ton of fun. I mean, it's just like when you you know when when we do talk about the Super Bowl potential for the Super Bowl this year, a lot of people ask about whether or not I would like to see Brady versus Breeze or Brady versus Mahomes, right? Like, is it the battle of the top dogs that's been the top dogs for a long time or is it the battle of like old versus young and this is one of those good matchups to start off the season to where you get Drew Brees versus Deshaun Watson you know this guy that's been a staple for 16 years in the NFL taking on 13 in New Orleans taking on a guy that is essentially the future of the NFL I love Deshaun Watson what he brings to his game and what he brings to this team because he's a mobile guy that can evade and that can that can extend plays but always looks to throw first never had to be taught to throw first he was already programmed that way and it was able to use his legs as an attribute to be able to create time and create space for him to be able to utilize that part of his game and I love that about him because you don't really win in the NFL if your quarterback is running all over the place there's not really a team out there that's won that way I mean you saw Russell Wilson who's a mobile quarterback win a couple of Super Bowls but he uses his he uses his legs as a means of being able to use his arm. And I think that's a really important aspect of Deshaun Watson's game that I like a lot. But beyond that matchup, I'd like to know from you guys, what are some other matchups that you're watching during this Saints game? I mean, there's a couple of really big, uh, you know, big face-to-face matchups here. The offensive line versus the Saints defensive line, secondary versus wide receivers. How is it that y'all are feeling about those matchups? I know me personally here, John, I'm more excited to see the Texans defense uh, front seven versus the front five of the New Orleans Saints. Now, last year we ranked pretty well. I don't have the exact number, but we were a great run-stopping team. And then we also know how uh, Sean Payton, especially early on in the season last year and the year before, he has really utilized his running backs to take pressure off of uh, Drew Brees throughout the season because he is old, cool that arm down and only use it when it's needed to be used. So I'm excited to see and more interested to see how that uh, our run defense will stack up against uh, stopping Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. He's a guy that can he will fumble the ball here and there, but he's still a good runner. And if he gets some open space with his size and his speed, he'll be able to do some damage. So that is the area of the game I'm looking forward to. And I'm also a guy who's played offensive line, so I believe the game is won in the trenches. There you go. And uh, he's a little little bit more realistic than me since this is my team, my home <laughs> team. I'm going to just straight up say it. Texans cannot match up with the Saints, especially their defense, because since they lost Davion Clowney, who's going to stop the Saints' run game? And we all know the Saints have one of the best, if not the best, run game in the NFL right now. So, um, so yeah, I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry, listeners. I, I, I told you I was going to be biased. I told you I was going to be biased. Last question, Rob. Um, What is the outcome of the game? Final score, Monday night, when it's all said and done, in the Superdome, what is going to be the final score? Uh, for me, so I'm looking at this, and you know the Saints are favored by what seven points. They have up there minus seven ahead, and then you're looking at a fifty-three and a half point, um, fifty-three and a half point. Uh, over under so I think you could probably take the over on this one the Saints tend to struggle in the opening game of the season they haven't won week one in the last five years and the Texans and Saints have split their games two and two so far over the career matchups between the two teams and the home team has always won which is kind of the crazy part uh and so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give this one to the Saints 
but I am going to take the over on it, and I'm going to call this one a big game. I'm going to say that this one's going to be somewhere around 30 to 20. Let me say 30 to 23. I think that the Saints. I think the Saints make the spread. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll take the spread and I'll take the over on, and I'll say 30 to 23. Mm, I'm taking the over as well. I'm predicting. I don't know, 40 to 21. God. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we got a lot to prove. We I have a lot to prove. You see I'm saying we. Yeah, we I have mean. a lot to prove. I, I am going to go out on a limb. I think now that we, you know, we're playing the NFC South this year, I think the two games that the Texans won't win uh, is against the Falcons. And I think if Cam Newton is healthy, uh, they won't win that game either. The two mm-hmm. games I have up for grabs, I definitely believe Tampa Bay is going to get beat. I don't believe anything in that team right now. But mm-hmm. I, I think the Saints are one of the teams out of this NFC South division that can be beat by mm-hmm. the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 27-23. Damn, you got a close game. Texans. That's good. All right. Ooh. I love it. Cool. Once I again, that was Rob Jackson with Locked On Saints. Rob, where can they find you at on Twitter? Hey, man, you check me out over on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Uh, make sure that you follow the All Saints Considered account as well at All Saints Blog. And, of course, you can catch me every Monday through Friday. If you're a Saints fan like Cody, you check me out over on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, getting ready for uh, Locked on Saints, getting you ready for the season, man. Just excited to get it done. Pleasure, you guys. Thanks so much, man. Look forward to uh, maybe getting to do it again sometime soon with y'all, man. Maybe a Super Bowl. Maybe we'll get a Super Bowl Houston Texans New Orleans Saints matchup, right? Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully you guys won't cry if – they don't make it again. Oh, so. we're not going to cry. We come back with revenge, baby. Thanks, Rob. All right, y'all. That was my man Rob locked on Saints crossover Wednesdays. And, uh, well, I got to say, we know the NFL kicks off tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready, too, man. Uh, I'm it. ready, I too. Just, I have nothing to say. Tyler, Texans ready. listeners, I'm sorry you guys should know by now. I am a Saints fan first. They know. They just heard you. Well, I bleed black and gold. Half my body is black and gold. Half my body is red, black, and white. And, of course, that's the Rockets colors. They just heard you. I got a little tiny love for the Texans. Oh, Saints. Saints. Don't worry, guys. When we do Locked On Patriots, and you know you guys hate that team more than anything, it's going to be like this, but I'm vice be versa. Professional, no, you're not. I'm going to no, talk about the Houston Texans. No, you're not. No, you're not. I promise you I am. No, you're not. This is Locked On Texas Podcast, everybody. This is John, some sports guy, Hickman. And as always, to the right of me, my man. Cody, who that? Davis. You can follow me who on that? Twitter. <laughs> Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I might change it to nine. Why am I change it to nine? Because number nine is for Drew Brees. Why? Because Drew Brees is the GOAT. <laughs> Until next time, Saturday, Houston Heat, it is going to be a hot seven days. So please stay out of the heat as much as possible. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.